Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. What's up? What's up, Bark After Dark? Uh, yeah, sorry, I'm over here uh, tweeting out the link. <laughs> okay, we're a little bit live. We're a little bit early on the live. Yeah, uh, we are. We we are uh, about you know four minutes early. Uh, we wanted to jump in early because uh, the fish are a biting over at uh, over at Dogs HQ. Um, in addition to it kind of being a little bit of a wild, weird, wacky day, decommitment. Uh, Transfer portal um, might not be very far away from a commitment either at this point. Um, you know, listen, uh, I don't think we've been shy about reporting over at Dogs HQ. I know I have uh, Dylan Rayola uh, very much kind of trending Georgia's way, and sounds like something might be going down there a little sooner rather than later. What are you hearing? Yeah, it's possible. I don't think anything's 100% done, um, uh, anything like that. But um, the possibility certainly exists, and um, I, you know, goodness gracious, if that were to happen, and I get it, right? The timing seems right for something like this. Kirby has done a great job of sort of owning the news. Um, Georgia today uh, loses Landon Thomas uh, in the class 2024, drops to number two in the class ranking. Barry Alexander obviously heads for the transfer portal uh, over the weekend. Two highly rated guys. Um, uh, one already on the team and one in the class. Um, and so, uh, <laughs> you know, nothing will surprise me is what I will say about that. Um, it's it, like I said, I don't think anything's a done deal. And um, I've been very skeptical this whole time, pr- primarily because I just got a lot of that month in me when it comes to things like this. Um, you know, USC has been a big factor. Nebraska has been a big factor. Um you know, Georgia has been there throughout for Dylan Riola. And, um, I, I, you know, you've got your pick in on the RPM. I, I don't disagree with that right now. And uh, I think you could be on to something. Yeah, so 
I was told one of the things that that I heard over this weekend uh, was that the family, you know, did um, out of courtesy. I think they did kind of give Nebraska um, a little bit of an, of an extension, you know, kind of reached the arm out and was like, hey, you know, we'll shake your hand and kind of see what the handshake feels like. Um, but I don't ever think Nebraska was ever really con- a big time contender. Um, and I almost think that USC thus far, uh, cause I, listen, it's not over till it's over. Um, USC kind of had a little bit of a, uh, you know, they surprised them a little bit, I think, and they impressed them a little bit, but, uh, Georgia has been since the national championship game. Um, it goes back to then. And I believe he told Chad Simmons at the time, it was like, Hey man, Georgia's just different. Yeah. Um, and, and Nebraska, uh, Nebraska, the Nebraska thing, you know, to me, it was like the main cell has always been like program savior, right? Like you come in it, Nebraska, you could, if you're Dylan Raiola, you could sweep floors at Nebraska and people would pay for you to live in Lincoln for the rest of your life. Um, it, it's that kind of setup. USC, uh, always a compelling option because of Lincoln Riley and, um, you know, what he's done with quarterbacks. They haven't won maybe on the highest level yet. Uh, I think that they can get there with what they do. And, um, uh, but if you're if you want to be a, a top guy in the NFL draft and you want to be a a guy who's putting up numbers, I, USC makes all the sense in the world, in, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, like you said, the feeling around Georgia has always been you know Georgia's a little bit different. Georgia operates its uh, program a little bit differently. There's uh, I read a quote um, not long ago from his father Dominic Raiola, who said that you know you'd never know these guys are are champions. Uh, yeah. You know, they're, they're starving. He said they're starving in practice, uh, eating off the floor, as Palmer likes to say all the time. Um, so I, I think it's uh, – I, I, yeah, listen, it, it's compelling. And like I said, look, don't, count your, don't count your chickens just yet. Uh, I, it, could, it, could it happen soon? Sure. Um, but I, I don't know that anything is a you know, lock-loaded and, and done deal. Well, I mean, I may have told this story on this show – um, maybe I said it somewhere else, but you know, I remember back in the day when Chuma Adoga was a five-star offensive tackle and Chuma just kind of sent me a text and said, Hey, I got something for you, um, later today. And, you know, I knew what it was and Georgia knew what it was and I had it. And, uh, man, I worked with at the time, a good friend of mine, Rusty Mansell, he had the same info. We were on the same team and we were getting ready to break some big news and boy, we got left at the altar on that one. <laughs> sure sure foolish and uh you know woody womack you know we'll we won't talk too much about woody on the show um you know i, I had some good times with woody i'll say that um he kind of did a victory lap around us on that one um and uh um i don't know uh that's uh <laughs> i don't know i'm trying not to say anything mean but uh that was uh he he was he mean call later he was just... yeah maybe maybe um, <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, I've had some good times with Woody too. I have too. I have too, man. Me and Woody used to cover rising seniors together. It's a good time. Uh, he he did tick me off that day, though. Maybe I deserve to be ticked <laughs> off. Who knows? Uh, what are you drinking? Uh, tonight, nothing too crazy, man. Um, a little uh, standard one that everybody should be familiar with: Sweetwater 420, uh, extra pale ale. Uh, I like the bitterness, man. Uh, really do. Um, I'm 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 a I'm a hop forward guy, and so. Uh, the hoppier, the better for me. They make a great one, and they sell it at the local beer store, which is not too far uh, from my house. So I gotta gotta go support the local beer store, Walmart. No, the local beer store is. How dare you? How dare you bring that up? I told you that in confidence that I went to the Walmart today, and now you've betrayed my trust on on Barkley's card. Um, <laughs> I bought some pot and soil from Walmart recently, so. <laughs> no, the local beer store here is Raymond's Curve, uh, named for Raymond, uh, a celebrity. Most people um, in this area bought their first beer from Raymond. Uh, they would he would sell it to you underage. I was always told uh, for double the price that it cost. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, he looked like Conway Twitty, man. He had these huge, oh, okay. uh, he had these big chops. And uh, my dad bought his beer from Raymond, and I bought my beer from Raymond. Uh, he sadly passed, but Raymond's curve still carries on. And 
Um, shout out. What do you what, what you sipping on tonight before we welcome our guests? I got the uh I got the the ranch water, but with the Blanco tequila tonight. Um instead of going with the Reposado, I went with the Blanco. It had been a while. Um I do love these ranch waters. They are very refreshing. Um <laughs> and uh yeah, so let's bring on my man Seth Emerson. I love this guy. There he is. What's up, Seth? I'm uh I'm drinking am, am I allowed to say that A, I'm drinking wine? And yeah, absolutely. B that it's Trader Joe's wine. Oh, oh that, 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 okay. that, all right, yeah. A, a, a man who uh, appreciates a good value is what I would say. Two buck chuck. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like it, thanks to inflation, it's like three ninety nine now. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, you got you got to do it cheap during the week. Like I've told Jake, sometimes I, I feel proud of myself on weekends when I hit the trifecta. When you know you have that like two or three o'clock beer after being outside for a little bit then you have a little wine with dinner and then at night you just sip a bourbon like yeah you, yeah you hit the trifecta I feel, I feel like i feel like seth looks like he's doing this from the other room in my house <laughs> <laughs> if you look at the paint color if you look at the paint color at the door like <laughs> yeah but he's clearly in a basement he's clearly you know i am i am i am uh, there's the uh the, the yeah, the guest room's over there. I'm in my basement, and hopefully, you know, this was in the Zoom era when we were doing our interviews. Everyone worried yeah. about their backgrounds and everything. I didn't worry too much about my backgrounds to begin with. I definitely don't worry about it now, so that's why you've got the bland setup. <laughs> well, I, I, Jake, I, Jake I, Roos yeah. typically has a microwave in the back. Yeah, I, I, that's where that's where the food gets warmed right yeah. there. By me, so. <laughs> that, that microwave's seen a lot of tiki masala over the years, no so, uh, no over the last no. couple of years. <laughs> Well, Seth, thanks so much for joining us, man. And, um, yeah. you know, uh, you and I have been buddies for a long time. We've shared a lot of meals together on the road. We've shared a lot of laughs together on the road. Um, and uh, one thing that I've never really delved into with you as a person is something we delve into with everybody on the show. And that's kind of like where you come from, mm -hmm. what, uh, what got you into this, where it all started. And um, I'm really actually interested to hear this. And I'll get to hear it for the first time, like a lot of folks will um what what got you into this business what got you into journalism sports writing all of that stuff well i think uh a lot of people know i'm not originally from around these parts uh i'm from maryland but i spent like half my childhood in silver spring maryland which is a suburb of dc and the other half was in various countries because my dad was a diplomat um he's still sort of a diplomat but he's he was and so at age 18, I went to Maryland because I didn't really want to go far away uh, after all this world travel and everything. I, I got into Syracuse, but I, I just wanted to stay home. Um, got rejected by North Carolina. So, you know, screw them. Um, but I'm one of these unusual people who knew what I wanted to do. You guys may be in this boat too, um, where I knew what I wanted to do before college. And at the age of 47 now, I'm still, well, going to be 47 in next month. Um, I'm still doing it. Uh, I went to college uh, to study journalism, and I kept that major the whole way through. And I did a, I worked at a bunch of small newspapers and worked my way up. And I, despite all the odds, I'm still doing what I set out to do. And it's still fun for the most part. <laughs> you guys know what is, what the, the parts that aren't fun. Um, but uh, yeah, it's 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 been an interesting ride. I don't, I'm not sure I would have told you. I definitely wouldn't have told you years ago when I started this that I would be in the deep south. I, I never. I mean, I had we we knew about college football, and college football was somewhat of a big deal. But um, yeah, it was the D.C. area. Like once you go, once you get to kind of Tobacco Road and north that's college basketball that's right. nfl um and so i grew up on the redskins i grew up on acc basketball um and you you knew that the sec was there but the sec wasn't as big as it is now and but i got here in 2002 when um i got a uh someone suggested the this paper in albany georgia is looking for a sports writer and at the time I was working for the Washington Post, where I was a glorified, like, you know, 
get coffee for people. I once literally did get coffee for the sports editor. Um, it might have been when Warren Buffett was in his office. Uh, I might be conflating that story with another thing, but I got to do some neat stuff. Like I was there the the first day that Pardon the Eruption ran, and Kornheiser and Wilbon came back to the office, and they asked a bunch of us, me included, like, how'd you think the show went? And we're like, oh, that was actually wow. pretty good. Because I think everybody was expecting this show was going to be on the air for three weeks and get canceled. And then we saw it, and we're all like, this is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and I covered, like, George Mason before they went to the Final Four. Uh, you know, I got to do some things here and there. But when I, when I got this opportunity to, uh, to go to Albany, and I got the job over the phone. No one had the budget to fly me all the way down there. <laughs> um, I, I went into the sports editor's office and I said, "Should I? Should I do this?" And in reality, what I was hoping was he would say, "No, you don't want to go to Little Albany, Georgia. Stay here, and you will eventually get promoted to a full-time staff position at the Washington Post." Instead, he said, "Oh, you got to go." And I'm like, "Oh, I do." <laughs> um, and so I did, and uh, that was my first real job in in the South. And the sports editor at the Albany Herald was Daniel Shirley. He was the one who gave me my first job. And 21 years later at the Athletic, my editor is Daniel Shirley. <laughs> uh, just kind of happened that way. But yeah, that was how. Sorry. It's your show. I, no, I no, dude, that's tangent. No, no, no. no. We, this is, must, this I, I came to the deep south, and I'm still here. That's we, that's we must have just drank on the show. Um, and yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, <laughs> no, that's exactly what we're getting into. When we had Staples on here, I mean, we're just halfway through the weight loss journey at this point. I mean, like we are, <laughs> we're just getting like halfway through how he dropped yeah. like 60 pounds, you know. So, um, Andy looks I, great. He's no, he literally does. unrecognizable. He yeah, yeah I, super I, I, proud of him. Yeah. I will say, I will say, Seth. Uh, everybody can tell you're not from the deep south because uh, you, know, you you said your first job was at the Albany. Yeah. I, I knew all about Albany, Albany and Albany and Albany. Yeah, Albany. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Albany. No, I'm curious. I'm curious, Seth. You you mentioned uh, your your father being a diplomat and, and this world travel. You know, um, what, what were some of the the countries you got to hit, and and did you have like a favorite? I mean, is there one you've like since returned to, and because you loved it back then? Well, um, the most recent was Peru uh, when I was in high school. The, uh, when I was there, um, was in the middle of the Gulf War, the first Persian Gulf War, and there was terrorism at the time in Peru. So they were going after Americans. So we had to get the hell out of there at one point. Um, Gulf War ended, we came back, um, and then we, we left after a year again. Um, so that was interesting because we had bombs going off around us. Um, Spain, I was very young. It's where my sister was born, but we were only there for two years. It was like my, it was two years before first grade. Um, and so I don't have many memories of it. Uh, Ecuador was first, second, third grade. And I I have good memories of that. You know, the Galapagos is really pretty. I recommend that to anybody if, if you can do it. Um, and they've got volcanoes. It was, it was, that was a cool place. Yeah, that's uh, that's always something that, um, you know, I, I've always been interested in that for you because I've always wanted to. I mean, even just living all living different places in the United States, like I've lived in Georgia my entire life, and that's great, and I'm glad, and I've, I feel like I've been to a lot of states, I've seen some stuff, it's been fun. I'm not, you know, there are some people that you know rarely get out of their city limits, uh, but the whole idea of like living abroad, actually living abroad while you're a kid, I think is, you know, super intriguing. And I've always been interested in some of the stuff you've had to, you know, say about that. And, and I, w- I wanted to ask you though, getting back to kind of the sports writing journey, um, what sport, what sport was it? Was it baseball? Um, because I know you're a big baseball guy. Was it baseball that was like, Hey, I want to write about this. This is why I want to write about sports. I, I think it was basically any sport that would make me successful. I've always been ambitious. Um, but I, I kind of thought basketball would be it because at Maryland, it was college basketball. Now, there was college football to cover, too, and, and they cared about it a little bit. But they care about college football at Maryland the way they care about college basketball at Georgia. Uh, so yeah. you can get that idea. You're not, you're not going to really make a career out of that. Um, 
I mean, I've always loved baseball, but I think everyone who's ever covered baseball for a little bit knows what a grind that is. Uh, you've got to have a special kind of DNA to be able to do that yeah. and all the travel with a family. I mean, the thing with having a family wasn't something I really had a concept of really either. Uh, covering football as a beat writer, that's probably of the sports. It's probably the best one. Because uh, as much travel as we do that we don't like, it's still like weekends and there's still less. Yeah. Well, I know something we probably all three have in common um, or have had in common at some point. How long did it take for Athens to get its hooks in you? I'll say this. Um, so when I was in Albany, I went to Athens a little bit. Um, the my, my coworker, when I first got to Albany, was a guy, uh, I don't know if you've ever, ever heard this name, but Gentry Estes, who uh, was a very cynical mofo at 22 <laughs> years old. <laughs> you, he's actually less cynical now. Like, he's, he's, yeah. Um, but, you know, he, he, had, he had gone to Athens. He had just graduated. So he was, uh, Gentry and I, like, developed a rivalry. Like we didn't, oh, okay. we didn't like each other probably for that first year and a half that we worked together in Albany. Um, I mean, sometimes we went out drinking together and, you know, we went out drinking on the town and, and you don't have to like somebody night. to drink yeah. with us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but like, so he would talk up Athens and I think I kind of resisted it for that reason. And so at, uh, I, I went from the Albany Herald, Albany Herald to the state newspaper and first to cover high schools and then four years covering uh, basketball and football for the Gamecocks of the Gamecocks. Um, and then uh, summer 2010, I was just ready to get out of Columbia. Just it wasn't it wasn't working for me. Uh, covering South Carolina was just not I wasn't happy. Um, I had been dumped by my girlfriend and I was ready to get out. And so I. I took the job. Daniel, by this point, was now the sports editor at Macon Telegraph. I took the job with him. And it was honestly, it was at best a lateral move. Like the state newspaper was bigger than Macon. Macon and Columbus were kind of together, and I was going to be covered for both of them. So you put their circulation together, it was equal. But and honestly, a, a lot of people were like, mm, why is he doing that? Well, the, I remember distinctly the first day that I'd, I'd moved in getting situated and I go to Broad Street and I, I go to just I stop somewhere to have a drink. It might've just even been a coffee. Um, and it was in the afternoon and I'm sitting there and I'm looking up and down Broad Street and it just felt right. It just yeah. felt, I just, for the first time and it seemed like forever, I was, I, I just was level, you know, in, in the best way. And it was like, this is home. I feel, I, I felt like I was home. I felt like it, and, and honestly, ever since then, I've just been Athens biggest advocate. I tell everyone how great a town it is Yeah. The, and the general area, Watkinsville state and Winder, Bogart. Um, it's just a, it's just a wonderful place. <laughs> I, pre I appreciate that you caged that with, uh, I had a drink on Broad Street. It might have even been a coffee. Who knows? <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. This is not coffee, but uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to dispel any ideas. <laughs> no, sure, sure. <laughs> yes yeah, it's, uh, it's like uh it's almost like my granddad used to say he's like hey man every every man needs a nap even if it's only for two or three hours um, <laughs> you know it's kind of like you know <laughs> Wait, I, so, so you're a big athens lover seth i mean and, and yeah. so i'm curious you know uh where you i love like, athens i'm not in athens i'm not a lover <laughs> residing in athens no sure, sure. <laughs> where where are your spots in athens though like what where do you love what 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 are the, oh. the, the what's the seth emerson tour if I come to you and I say, hey, take me around town, where are you taking me? God. Um, I mean, <laughs> Cali and Tito's, it's kind of a lazy choice, but it's right across the street from the Butts Mayor. Yeah. Um, like, where do I always go? Uh, I mean, I just, I, it's, oh, I met my wife. Uh, we had our first date at the Globe. And so that is a, that's a definite spot. Um, but for the most part, I, I, I would on my typical Athens evening or to show someone around for the first time, I would just say, let's go find a parking space somewhere near downtown and let's just walk. 
Yeah. You'll, you'll find, you know, you, maybe you'll end up inside Beauregard's. Maybe you'll end up, um, you know, trying to find wherever the, the 40 watt is these days. Maybe you try and find all these, these restaurants. I mean, the, the, some of the best restaurants that I've been to are, are no more um, the place uh, or five-star day became yeah. the place. Um, all right. I, I remember, what was it? Uh, farm. Farm 255. Farm 255. I, I wanted to say farm 441, which now still exists. It's out here. Well, and now, still. and now the, the same folks that did that do farm burger. Yeah. Um, which is over there off Prince, and that's a pretty good, pretty good little meal there too. But one thing I'll say about Athens, Seth, and and, and I think that I think this is why you're kind of, you know, why you were kind of, you know, searching for exactly what to put your finger on is what I've always told people is like I've been the normal bar, Max Canada, um, Little Kings, you know, all good, whatever. I've never really been anywhere that I'm like I'm not going back. I'm right. not going to do that right. again. Cutters. I mean, even these places with crappy reputations that you're not even a huge fan of, almost all of them I've had a good time in at some point. It um, doesn't mean I love them or I'm going to frequent them or they're going to be my spot. But I can, I mean, all up and down Washington Street and all up and down Clayton Street and up and down Hancock and even into uh, even in a normal town and the bottle works and everything like that, I've, I've had oh, a the good nor- time. Normal oh. town has really, I don't know what normal town was like before I moved, but it's really, that's be, my wife works um, at uh, the old Navy campus, which is mm-hmm. now the health sciences campus. So she goes to lunch there a lot. And um, normal town has a great little group of restaurants, including uh, Viva, the Argentinian restaurant, oh, yeah. which was actually originally out on the East side yeah. when mm-hmm. my wife and I first met and we're living there and, and, it was in that little strip mall with Mama Sid's. Mama Sid's yeah. is another one. Um, like my son is a big pizza guy, and that's his birthday wish to go to Mama <laughs> Sid's. And I say we don't have to make that a special occasion. We can go anytime. Um, well, well, it, Normal Town is what it is now because of the infusion of cash Jake Roos put in it. Oh, buddy, good I, job, I, Jake. I, yeah, I put I put a lot of kids through through college in yeah. Normal Town. There's no question about it. Uh, between Normal Bar and the and high, I I think I made uh, everything every improvement high low uh, may have made. I think I paid for so. <laughs> Yeah, every piece of crown molding or, or uh, you know, every new toilet fixture they put in that place, Jake Reese paid for it. So. Is Marty's at midday still there? Well, it's, I know. It's, been, yeah. it's been a while since I've been Ike and town. Jane's is the one that closed, right? I can, yeah. Yes, Ike okay. and Jane, and Jane took, uh, was closed. I, and I, I, don't, I don't go to Marty's at midday very much, um, but I, I interviewed Trey Battle there uh, for a story I did on him, um, not to bring everything down, but after Quentin Moses died, Okay. Um, I was given the tip that he knew, he, you know, he was roommates at different times with Quentin Moses and Paul Oliver. So I went and did an interview with him. And um, I think everyone has probably at this point heard the story of after, I think it was after Paul Oliver died, um, right. Mark Richt going to Trey Battle or Trey Battle getting, going over to Mark Rick's house because he was just on the ledge. Um suicidal basically and trey told me that story for the first time before he told it anywhere publicly at marty's at midday um and that was one of the few times in my life as a reporter that like i literally had a chill go through yeah because mark Richt had originally told me when i did the paul oliver story it was like 2014 he told me the story about someone a player who he wouldn't name coming over to his house and having to talk to him in the aftermath of Paul Oliver's suicide about all these things and talking him through it. But he, for understandably, he didn't name the player. I used the story in my story, but I'm sitting there at Marty's at midday talking to Trey Battle, and he starts telling me the story independently. I don't think he had read the story right. I'd written like three years before. And I realize you have that like yes. hallelujah, eureka moment of my God, it was yeah. him. This was, it was him. And so like that, that may have been the only time in my career I've had a literal, like, that's why the expression, you know, a chill goes through you. Yeah. A chill goes through your spine exists is like, Oh my God. Um, anyway, that's just a little tangent as we we're talking. No, about that's the kind of stuff that happens to a good yeah. reporter. And, and I remember that story. And me. That <laughs> and and I remember that story was you know you might not remember this but that was one that was probably my first interaction with you I mean I'd seen you up at Georgia and stuff Gentry was covering the team for twenty four seven 
Um, but I, you and I hadn't had really interaction. And then you wrote that story with, which was something prepared for the dream for when the dream ends or something like that. It was, I can't yeah. remember the exact wording of it, but you had written that story and I read it and I DM'd you on Twitter and I was like, man, that was, that was a really moving story. You did a great job with it and you were really appreciative of it. And then, you know, Gentry moves on and I think he was like, Hey, keep an eye on this kid. He doesn't know what the hell he's doing. And, uh, and, uh, you did kind of show me the ropes there a little bit early on. And we've been, uh, I don't think you needed much showing the ropes. You, you've made, you've made a great transition from like, and I know you, you went to J school. I did not. not Oh, you didn't go to J school? No, I went to, I I was in school for, I went, uh, I was in education. Yeah. I was in education. I wanted to go to J school bad, but as soon as I got into Grady, uh, I found out I was going to be a dad. So I oh, okay, to, that's uh, what I that's why I was mixing up. But you're so your instincts are so good. You made me think you went to J school. Um, but like you made such a transition from, and you didn't want to do that. Like, no, nah, I didn't. Sure. But mm-hmm. you you were you they they made you they you they took you as the recruiting writer and made you the team writer. And you're like man. And at first, everyone's like, well, this isn't going to last long. But it was kind of obvious right away. That was that one you of just, those. People. You knew what you were doing. But you can't. Yeah, I mean, but you did just to the in 2015 after Gentry had left or those first few weeks or months to think that you'd be here eight years later, still covering the team uh-huh. um, the way you are, you know, breaking stories, uh, the insight that you have as a writer on the team. It, it's um, and, and but you did it really seamlessly. It's not like I was sitting there telling you how to write a story. You were, yeah, you, you knew it on your own. It was uh, it was kind of about the protocol, I think, and I uh, you know I I don't know I had struggled so much there when I first came over to twenty four seven because I didn't really have a role. I was kind of the the tweener guy, just trying to figure out, hey, what do y'all want me to do? You want me to do recruiting? You want me to help Rusty? You want me to help Gentry? What do you want me to do? And uh, you know, it ended up working out pretty well. Um, pretty uh, pretty fun. Uh, let me ask you this. Um, all right, we've been, we've traveled some places. Um, you know, we've we've covered yeah. some stuff for George over the years. Uh, as a Georgia beat writer, what's the place you got to go back? Like the place we've been that you just really want to go back again? City or restaurant? Yeah, city, event, whatever. Brothel or. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, God, you know, I, I think about this a lot because with the SEC scheduling format changing, um, like the. Uh, when I first the, the, when I first got over the surprise that Georgia was getting Kentucky instead of South Carolina as the permanent opponent, annual opponent um, in the new format and chasing that down, then the second, like a few minutes after that, you're like, wait a minute, this means Keeneland every other year. And yeah. that, you know, I lived in South Carolina, like we said, for five years. And I, I think Columbia sometimes gets a bad rap but it's Keeneland in October versus Columbia in September. Not even close. Um, now, I don't know for sure. Like, no one's told me when the dates are going to be for when Georgia goes to Kentucky. But that's a place you want to go. Um, uh, you know, going to L.A., I mean, I'm glad we went to Malibu that afternoon, Jake. But, yeah. man, the, the weather for the Rose Bowl week was so much better than yeah. the weather for, uh, for the, the national championship week. Um, I would have liked to have hit up a few more spots, uh, Venice beach there. Um, Los Angeles is a lot less charming when the weather's bad. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, we got to see, we've got to make that drive where you're, you got the mountains on your right and the ocean on your left. And you realize why houses here cost millions of dollars. Um, but it was like Disneyland when we covered the Rose bowl, that was a great little excursion especially when they took us to the area that had the you know that we did the interviews at the canyon backdrop for the movie cars and at the that time my son was uh four years old and really into cars um so that was cool but uh it's just being you know being able to do stuff like that where you're doing it where you're kind of along for the ride like there's a lot to complain about in sports writing and god knows i complained about it um but when i you know, for one thing, we are privileged to be able to go to a lot of these places where our companies are footing the bill. But when we complain about it, and you guys know this, but sometimes maybe we don't do a good job of um, 
explaining it well. When we complain about stuff like access or things happening to us when we're on the road and, and et cetera, it's because we want to do a good job Yeah. and you can't do a good job under certain conditions. And so we complain about that, but sometimes we don't do a good job of explaining that's what the motivation is. Seth, I wanted to ask you, um, one of the things I'm always appreciating about what you do is I think you're one of the best long form guys uh, in, in, on our beat. And um, I, you know, you mentioned the, the Trey battle story and you mentioned Mark Rick as well. I, I'm curious, you know, what are some of the other standouts for you? Um, you know, things that you look back on and you say, Hey, that's a piece that, uh, you know, I, I was really proud of um, because honestly, I'm, I'm probably going to go Google it after my time. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, Trey battle, that, story actually is still up here in my office i've got the ajc story uh because they they took that and put it on their in, in their sports section like gave it the whole page treatment i thought that was i i did a good job on that but honestly the reason i did a good job on that was because trey battle did a good job of sharing his story um the story i did on stetson uh for him being the college football man of the year for the athletic in in december um, I, I liked that story a lot, but it was a good story because his mother and father separately, obviously, um, <laughs> told me a lot of really cool stuff. Uh, and it's, it's a matter of a lot of times of just not screwing it up or, or taking the time to, to form it all together. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I've got. I've got a lot of stories on my docket right now that it's like, I'm going to do this story and that story and that story. And, and hopefully they all come together. And I'm, you know, th that, that's what I'm excited about. Um, I don't, I don't know that, I, I don't think anyone would ever buy a book of my like best of stories, <laughs> but um, I, I still think my uh, maybe the favorite thing I've written was a like 500 word column I did for Albany to, uh, begin the college or begin the major league baseball season where I imagined a conversation between George will um, the Swedish chef and foghorn leghorn. And it was just George <laughs> will talking about the pageantry of spring and the smell of the diamond and uh, Swedish chef doing his burn, burn, foghorn leghorn doing I stay, you know, say, you know, and, I don't remember much about it, uh, but it was. Well, what, one story, one story uh, that I don't know that you've written, um, but. I, oh, he wrote about it. He wrote, wrote I mean, you were close. You were close by for, uh, I don't know that I caught your column on it. Oh, it yeah. Be Bevo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, I wrote so, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wrote it. I, believe, I believe the word you used was harrowing, my harrowing account of, of <laughs> uh, Bevo. Was it? Yeah. I don't yeah. know that I caught your column, but I'm interested to hear it from the first-hand account. Well, I mean, Jake and I were both next to each other, and that was I, – I don't know – looking at the video yeah, we're, now. we're down like, there to the bottom left right there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, down there. What I, I, I mean, I obviously back away, but I don't jump. Some people have said that I really jumped, and I'm like, I don't, I don't think I did that. No, it was um, more of a – it was more of like, a, all right, I'm done with this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't need this cow. Well, but we were – and you can't even tell from, like, from the video – but I, I just – all I remember is all of a sudden seeing Bevo come towards us. And, like, we talk about why phrases exist, like life flashing before my eyes, you know. Yeah. Like, you're like – you just kind of get this, oh, like, this is this is bad. And you pull yeah. away. Um, and then, like, 30 seconds later, you're, you're kind of like, all right, everything's in order. And you look over there, and Matthew McConaughey is just kind of looking over. And I'm like, well – come on, why didn't you do anything? Uh, you know. But yeah, that was, I think I wrote a better story than I did told the account of it just now. But uh, yeah, that was, that was something. Um, we don't remember too much about the actual game, but yeah. just. I really don't. And every time us. I watch that, Seth, I, I look at that lady that's in the flats with the black outfit on. And I think, God, how lucky is she that she didn't end up with some sort of permanent damage Cause she had yeah. her back turned to the, to, uh, to Bevo. And, you know, I've said it over and over again. If that dude right there wanted to be at midfield, he was going to get to midfield and nobody was going to stop him. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, this this lady down here to the left that's getting up right there right now. Um, she she narrowly avoided it. But it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Let me ask you this which one will you always remember? Will you remember? The George Pickens JT Daniels stakeout, or will you remember Bevo? Oh, <laughs> the, the, the Pickens Daniels stakeout because it, it lasted so long and it had so many twists and turns. Oh um, my god! Have you have you told the story on the show? Uh, somewhat, you know. It, I mean, I mean, long story short, we we were at George's hotel basically all day long. I chased an iguana. Um, you know, yes. I, I, I got mad and decided I, we were going to go out to the practice field. I drove, I went and looked through the fence of security almost got me. This um, was the day they was, told us we couldn't see practice right. after we had yeah. pretty much come to Miami for the week because we were told just we to would see get two practice. practices, you know, just yeah. to see 15, two 15 minute sessions of practice. And we staked it out all day long. Uh, Seth had gotten a tip while we were all together that um there was a plane we had given up in. we had given yeah. up at that point yeah we had yeah. we fit the the team we had come to, we, in the bus we, we were headed back and i remember i was in uh the i was in the passenger seat i think you were driving yeah and a couple guys were in the back and i got the tip jt daniels and george pickens just took off from yeah. athens and i'm like look i know that there's competition among reporters but we're all in this together at this point and so i i turned i announced to the car i got this tip mm-hmm. and so we're all like we we think about it and we decide what are we going to do and so we split up anthony dasher and i go to the airport and long story short we got made <laughs> the, the, the georgia the georgia people and this was at the private terminal very small terminal um and Anthony and I took an Uber there and we got made like right away by the Georgia people. And so they figured out a way to get them around us and they thought they had beaten us. And then George Pickens just Instagrams a picture of himself at the airport. Yeah. Just completely (laughs) foiled it. We were, we were, we were waiting. Palmer and I were waiting right there at the, at the Georgia hotel. And we thought we saw him a couple, we thought we saw JT Daniels a couple times. And the funny thing is, is we're waiting there on a backup quarterback and a receiver that has like, you know, three catches on the year. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're sitting there waiting on it. And then, you know, we give up. And then right as we're about to get in the car, I crank up the car, about to go back. Because one of the things that sucks about Miami is the fact that, or the Orange Bowl, is we're staying in Donya Beach, which is a good 30, 30 minutes away from where George's Hotel is. We're literally um, across the street from the Fort Lauderdale area. Yeah. And uh, we're getting ready to go back. And we, I mean, I'm starving, I'm thirsty. Um, you know, I'm just ready to be done for the day. And then George Pickens tweets that. And, you know, at some point, and Seth, you know this, Roosh, you know this. Sometimes, you know, you talk to people, you ask your sources things, and you don't hear a whole lot. But then you screenshot of, you know, something that, you know, screenshot something like that and say, oh, so they are here. And then it's, yep, they're there. And I'm like, okay, well, this would have been great to know about an hour ago, dude. We put um, in all that work that day, all that time, and battled with the UGA people trying to hide their presence from us. And and by the way, like there was there they were cool about it. Like we laughed yeah. about it later. Like we saw we in, laughed in, about in it at a national championship game. Yeah. Yeah, they they were like they said the same thing. They were like, you know, we we didn't blame you guys. We knew you were doing your jobs, but we were trying to hide that they were coming. So we hid them. And then George just took a picture of it and he blew it. Like, oh. <laughs> anyway, we spent all eight hours. Like, I think that's about what it was like eight hours. And I had a story like that um, where when I was working at the AJC, Kirby had just been hired at the Gator bowl. Uh, he, and I, I had seen, I'm sitting there in the lobby of the team hotel and I see Kirby and Jim Cheney come in 
to do interviews. And so I, I text Chip and I'm like, Kirby's here. And I, he went in this office. And so Chip comes downstairs and he takes like one side of the room. I take another side of the room and we stake them out for like four or five hours. And at some point, Kirby, that sneaky mofo, got out of that room without us re realizing it. I don't know. I, I had two conversations during that four or five hour stretch. It was one Lauren Smith came over and, and sat down and talked to me. Another Josh Lee brought his kids over. And I'm pretty sure that Josh was acting as the, you know, <laughs> the buffer. I, I was, I, yeah. yeah. And, and that's when Kirby got out of there. So I wasted like four or five hours of my life and then I, I give up. And so I, I get an ice cream or a, a piece of cake from the, the pantry there. And I go back to at the resort, my room, and who's standing out in the parking lot, like perfectly, like almost right before my room, but Kirby and and somebody. I don't know who he was. And I'm like, hey. <laughs> and he's like, oh, hey. <laughs> and and we had a brief conversation there. And that was that was all to confirm that James Coley was interviewing. Because I had spotted someone who looked like James Coley walking in. But we wanted to know who was in the room. And there's all this effort that goes into reporting sometimes. And to get back to the George Pickens story, we spent five of us. This is Dasher, you, me, Palmer, Weiser. I think we all kind of were together teaming up. We spent all that, those man hours working on that. And the story is acquired by George Pickens just tweeting out the picture himself. Uh, wait, but so the James Coley thing that happened in Miami? You that was Jacksonville. Yeah, oh, that was Jacksonville. Jacksonville. I was going to, I was going yeah. to say, uh, there's, there's a lot of guys who look like James Coley walking around Miami. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> James Speedboat Coley, baby. I understand yeah. how that could have happened. Uh, one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite things about that whole Miami thing is I have some, I have some best of Mark Weiser um, moments from that. Just some of his quips and some of his, uh, uh, I'm done, done. I'm, you know, like <laughs> saying he's going to do things and then not doing them. Love him to death. He's hilarious. Uh, but you know, you spend that much time around Wiser, you uh, you get to hear you get to hear some waffling back and forth, um, so <laughs> questioning why he's doing what he's doing, um, and uh, stuff like that. Uh, listen, Seth, we have uh, we each have a question we ask everybody before they go, and Roosh usually goes first, but I'll go first this time. Uh, mine's kind of morbid. Listen, you've you've <laughs> put yourself in this situation. You've you've found you've been found face down in a ravine, and you're dead. Uh, but you're also standing there over your own body and you get to kind of control what happens after that. Um, after solving your own murder, um, who are you getting to kind of perform at your funeral? Who am I getting to perform? It can be a um, poem. It can be a, it can be a com comedy act. It can be music, whatever you want. Who's who is sending Seth Emerson off into, uh, into the, the, the next uh, great dimension. Deal. Uh, the first first thing I thought of um, would be like uh, Garth, the dance, but that might be a little too sad. I want people to have fun and drink at my funeral, so maybe I have them do Friends in Little Places instead. Um, yeah, maybe a, a comedian. I mean, Jim Gaffigan might be my, my favorite <laughs> at this point of, of those who are alive. Uh, like, you know, it's like you got someone like Mitch Hedberg who – my oh, favorite yeah. <laughs> like yeah i used to do drugs i still do but i also used to uh but uh yeah i mean maybe that moment's gonna be clipped just so you're aware that's gonna be on twitter okay. and people are gonna respond <laughs> i think it's me put out with just you saying that I will confess, like to counteract the idea that I'm an alcoholic talking about drinking, whatever, is I may be the only person. And I think my wife is in this category. I've never actually done any drugs. I've never even smoked pot. Like, like I'm, I'm very lame. We won't um, get into that here. Okay. Yeah. I, I, cannot make that, I mean, I'll go ahead and say right now, I cannot make the same claim. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I, I guess I would say that. You know what? But it, in like, when, once once I get off the air, I'm gonna realize. Oh, I should have said this guy, you know, or this person yeah. would be. Um, but that's that's the first thing, well, at least, that jumped into my mind. Well, we'll we'll have you back, so you can you can yeah. answer the awesome. second yeah. time. Uh, my question for everybody is, uh, and because you know we get people from journalism, we've got uh, former players, etc. 
the worst hotel room you've ever stayed in? Wow. Um, you know, at the, um, at the Peach Bowl this year, uh, the room was okay, but they didn't clean it. Yeah. Like, they went, like, it was clean. We were there, like, a week, and it got clean once. Seth, <laughs> the Westin kind of sucks. Let's just be honest. The Westin kind of sucks now. Okay. I've yeah, st- I mean, was... I've stayed in Holiday Inns better. Yeah, so my room stunk, literally, because, like, I had sweaty clothes from my work. I mean, I was there. I was working out. It's, and that's the thing is it's cold, so you're doing all your workouts in the gym thinking, I, you know, I'll be able to – my room will be cleaned. I'll be able to throw them in this little, you know, bag or whatever. And instead, nothing gets cleaned. My bed sheets are – that. I mean, there's been some bad rooms, but, like, I don't know. I have – I, I kind of have good memories of bad hotels. I like, I don't, I don't get any Marriott points by staying at cheap. Uh, like, you know, when, you know, when you're traveling on your own dime and your family is, you know, you just need to stop. And yeah. it's like, we need a hotel where the dog can, <laughs> we, <laughs> who can stay. And, and we just, we're just going to stop here and sleep. My wife and I had this a few uh, weeks ago when we were traveling up to Virginia for a funeral and, and motels, for some reason, I have good memories of them. Uh, like I have, I have good memories of like, you know, my it's dad and nice. I, when I was it's a teenager, nice. staying in a motel in Mississippi uh, on yeah. the way to back from something. And, you know, yeah. I, yeah. I, I like, I like those. It's, it's when you have expectations for something like a Weston in Atlanta yeah. for yeah. the peach bowl, which I uh, not casting aspersions on the peach bowl. The peach bowl was first class this year. It Everything was. was great. The access, Matt Garvey and company, Gary Stoken gave a long speech at the press conference. But other than that, they were first class and did a great job. Weston wasn't as great. I gotta say, the um uh a good a good title for a travel memoir would be uh I have good good mem- good memories of bad hotels. <laughs> I like yes. I that's, that's, yeah. that's a really good good uh title to a to a travel memoir. Yeah, and it's yeah. It, and, and motels are Americana. They really are. Yeah, right? I mean, it's it's one of the weird things. Like, I grew up as a kid. My dad, uh, my dad, and my mom uh, were divorced, and so my dad would like come hang out with me for the weekend. And we stayed in a lot of motels in my hometown. Yeah, and so like r- like rough places, but um, yeah, that, I mean, it is. It's a cool thing, and it, and it's kind of dying out. I, I kind of hate that to some degree. And when you watch Shit's Creek. Yeah, I, I see yeah. their rooms, and I'm like, I, I know what those rooms look like, and yeah, I'm actually like, oh, they got a kitchenette in there. That's pretty good. <laughs> I've only ever stayed. I've only ever stayed in a in a motel. I guess is what that would technically be. Um, the the yeah. door is on the outside. In a motel. Yeah, yes. I've only stayed at that. I've stayed at one one time, and it was in a place called Rockland, Maine, in uh, 2003. My dad and I were uh, working. My dad's a contractor. We had contracts up and down the East Coast, Walmart pharmacies. We visited Easton, Maryland, um, where you know you uh, you uh, have family. Where I my grandmother lives. I was there two weeks ago. Yeah, spent some time growing up. It's a beautiful place. Uh, but yep. Rockland was as well. But they the, they didn't have. It wasn't like they had a a Marriott or a, or a Hampton Inn. It was uh, it was this motel, this little mom and pop deal. And it wasn't the cleanest thing, but it also wasn't super dirty. It was just kind of old. And uh, yeah, man, we just we just kind of sat in chairs out front, and uh, you know, talked to everybody who came by and drank beer and you know that kind of thing. It was uh, it was a good time. So uh, I, that's that's probably my only memory of a motel. Otherwise, I've stayed in a bunch of hotels and I've stayed in some bad ones and I've stayed in some a lot of good ones too. So yeah, it's more about not even the state of the room. I never need much from the room itself. It's more like. Do, do you have to trudge up a certain amount of stairs? Is it like the, the elevator, you know, is it the, the worst is like it, do you need to use your hotel key to activate inside the elevator, your ability to get up to your floor and the hotel, you never remember your hotel key is always in your back pocket. You're carrying 5,000 things and you never get to it. Someone else is in the, hotel there is in the elevator already so you got to ask them i'm I'm on 15 you know sorry (laughs) yeah it's it's stuff like that now man 
that is the thing now. That hotel get to your floor thing. That, is, makes, that makes sense. I mean, I get it. It I makes sense, but man, it is the thing now, dude. It is everywhere all the time. And uh, if you haven't done it, I mean, you know, went so long without really having to do it. It's taken some time for me to get used to. Yeah. So, yeah. well, Seth, thanks so much for coming on, man. And we'll have to do it again for sure because uh, we yeah. got we will have some more ground to cover here pretty soon. We didn't even talk about like yeah. the spring. I'm game. so glad we had you on around G Day so we could talk about G Day. Yeah, yeah. It was really cool breaking down uh, Carson Beck and Brock Vandegrift. Uh, yeah. Hey, was, next time we, that was really next productive. Time talk, next time we talk, we may be talking about Dylan Rayola winning a Heisman Trophy at Georgia or something. So yeah, uh, sounds yeah. like uh, sounds like they may be getting a commitment here. Um, you know, in the not so distant future. So yeah. Yeah. Thanks for coming yeah, on, dude. I all right, can't man. Wait to see you again. Appreciate all right. you. Take care. You. Thanks for having me on. See you, dude. Oh, that was that went as expected, man. Great. Yeah, man. Seth, Seth salt of the earth. He's salt yeah. of the earth for sure. Um, and uh, I actually hit him up earlier today about uh, you know, ever since we moved, they haven't had a chance to come out and see the new house. So I hit him up earlier today about getting together and you know maybe doing some barbecue and hanging out. His wife's awesome. She's such a uh, she's a sweetheart. Dr. Kirsten, uh, she's a uh, professor at uh, well, she was a professor at UG. I'm not. A, I think she may be in research now, but she's in uh she's like in gerontology. Um, she you know studies aging and stuff. She's incredibly smart uh, oh person. I'd, uh, I'd, be, I'd be an interesting case study. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you have the innards of a hundred and ninety year old man. How are you alive, sir? <laughs> hey, I, that, that leads me to my question that I'll ask you then because right. I had two. Um, What's your oldest organ? You think like if they were to able to if they were to tear you apart and they were to say, "Hey, brother, this looks like the oldest thing in there." What uh, would it be? Know, the liver? I, why would I don't? Yeah, I was gonna say I don't. I think you know the answer without asking that question. Well, I just I, I just think to myself, Jake I wonder Jake when the last time Jake Roos's heart rate got above one hundred and twenty. Oh, mm, that's yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. No, I I have a heart of a young man. I, I, I'm a very I'm a I'm a I'm a, I'm a chill guy. I mean, I, I don't. I'm pretty nonplussed. I don't get, you know, I, a ton of, I, I deal with anxiety, but like more so it, it turns into just, it manifests into crippling depression rather than like, uh, you know, like rather than to the long-term blood pressure problem. Have um, you, have you heard that soundbite from Theo Vaughn when he talks about when he was born and the doctors were looking at him? No, He's I like, yeah, when I was born, the doctor stood over me and they were like, I think he has. He said they they told me I had the rib, <laughs> I had the rib cage of a large cat, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and the something and something and something else. I mean, oh man, that guy, that guy is so random and so funny. But yeah, so your oldest organ would definitely outside of your liver. What are we talking about? Pancreas. We 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 need a new pancreas. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, yeah that's where the, that's where the next thing. I mean, that's where it all goes. Uh, I mean, if we're if we're just tracking <laughs> how alcohol affects the system, yes, pancreas. Yeah, you know, um, I, I mean, I probably haven't been kind to my lungs over the years. I've you know I've smoked my fair share of cigarettes, babes, etc. Um, so uh, yeah, you know, I don't know, man. Uh, the what do they say? The, uh, the, the, the outside looks good. The pews are rotten on the inside. Yeah. Yes, kind of <laughs> the bones are bad, uh, brother. Yeah. It's, you know, just uh, it, it, expect it when it comes, I guess is what I would have to say about my, my lifespan. By the way, I want to, I want to point this out. I had to pull this out of the drawer. I haven't worn this shirt in a while. Uh, this is uh justified. We dug, a, we dug coal together. A little boy Crowder railing Givens here. Um, I've never watched it. I've never got watched it. Incredible dialogue. Timothy Oliphant and Walt Goggins just, you know, tour de force. Um, it is, uh, it's incredible, but, uh, yeah, right. um, I keep well, seeing uh, it. I keep seeing myself up there on the screen and I keep seeing Boyd Crowder's, uh, hairline and I'm like, oh man. Yeah. All right. So mine tonight, um, for you, because it's not something I feel I feel like we've talked about this in passing, but I don't know the answer to this question. Um, who was your dude when it came to wrestling? I know you were a wrestling guy. Oh, man, so. this is easy. I know you were a wrestling guy like I was or am, was, am. And, um, you know, I've always loved wrestling. And I know you you were a big wrestling guy, too. Who was your guy, though, man? I mean, when it came to the, the stars. I mean, I, I mean, I got to get in line for this, but the ultimate warrior 
was 100%. No I mean, I, I loved – I, I wasn't even a big WWF guy. But but the Ultimate Warrior was tremendous when he would when he would get fired up and he would shake the ropes. Um, I don't know, man. I, I I still think about it and I almost get chills thinking about it. I was a big Sting guy. Like if you had to, if I had to pick oh, one yeah. in each federation, it would have been Sting and it would have been Ultimate Warrior, a big face paint guy. But I'll tell you a quick story. Um, the oh, is you know, it the one? Is it the one? No, 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 no. We'll, we'll get we'll to that eventually. That okay, yeah, we'll, we'll get save to that, that one eventually. <laughs> um, I've got a really good story about the Great American Bash in 1992 um, that we'll get to at some point. But uh, um, no, so I, when I was seven years old, I want to say I was seven years old, my grandmother owned a flower nursery, um, red tips, azaleas, stuff like that down in, uh, down in South Georgia. And uh, I used to help her. I would help her during like Christmas break. Uh, Thanksgiving break and it was Thanksgiving break I believe uh, when I was in the first or second grade and she had this big tobacco barn that she would store stuff in and there was a loft in that tobacco barn with a hole in the floor so things could be dropped in and I was carrying these boxes um, that you know she would use to put red tips in put them in a van and haul them different places and uh, long story short I stepped off into that hole um, about a 12 foot drop and uh, my brother was down there he broke my fall probably saved my life um, but when I fell, um, I tried to catch myself and I broke my wrist. And then when I came down, I hit my head on the, uh, on the, on the wood going in and it took a big, like chunk of, like it took like scraped a bunch of skin off my forehead. And then I fell and I hit my head on the actual pavement a little bit. It didn't like smash it, but so I had a concussion, whatever, spent some time in the hospital. Whatever. Um, so on the way home from the hospital, um, you know, it was when the, I don't know if anybody had them, the wrestling buddies. Oh, um, I have two in my mom's uh, basement right this second, a Hulk Hogan and a Macho Man. Yeah. So um, on the way home from the hospital, my mom and dad stopped at uh, Walmart, and uh, my dad ran in, and he got me an Ultimate Warrior Wrestling buddy. And they didn't show me until I got home. And, dude, I was like – I was – you know, I was – I don't know if I was milking it or what, but I was just kind of like, uh uh, at the hospital, and my dad showed me that thing, dude. I was el drop, elbow dropping that. In, I mean, in in ten minutes, I was power bombing that thing on my bed with a with a cast on my wrist in ten minutes, dude. It was I was I was a new man as soon as I got that Ultimate Warrior wrestling buddy. Um, I had all the I had all the action figures and everything like that. The Ultimate Warrior was one hundred percent my guy. I, I want I I once uh, very vividly I remember. My mom came home, uh, she'd gone shopping and, uh, I was staying at my grandparents, uh, while she went shopping and she came in to talk to them and I ran out to the car and I opened the, the back of the car and I'm like searching through her bags and I found all these wrestling toys and it was right around Christmas and, and it was like, it was like Razor Ramon and like, like, I, oh man, it was all my dudes, man. I mean, I was with it all. Yeah. And I remember I found them all and I was like, I was like, are those for me? And they were Christmas gifts. And she was like, I'm taking them all back. And I was devastated. I was devastated, dude. Oh, was, what, a, what a horrible thing to, to pull on a child. But, yeah. But I, I did get them all for Christmas. Shout out to my mom. She's a, she's a hundred man. But yeah, I, I, uh, I, I, I know, like I said, I, I, I'm kind of surprised by the warrior thing. I didn't know that about you, man. I, oh, I, man, I was a big ultimate warrior guy. I loved him. I figured you were more of a – I didn't know that you were a face paint guy, man. I thought you yeah. were maybe, um, I don't know, like a – I could have seen you like a Hogan dude or whatever. But I also loved a lot of B-list guys, um, like uh, like British Bulldog. Um, oh, God, absolutely. I was man. a big British Bulldog guy. Um, Ahmed Johnson back yes. in the day. Yes. Uh, slam, brother. Tatanka, uh, Tatanka was great. Yeah, Tatanka uh, I, was great. I, I'm a, I was a huge Steiner Brothers fan, and then I became <sighs> a huge, then I became a big, big, big Papa Pump fan when yeah. he, like, he would, I mean, because he just went crazy. It just was like my whole character is I'm an insane person now. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Now, so I get it. Well, I, I'll say this too. Um, one time we were at church um, whenever I was a kid. I was probably like eight or nine years old. Me and my dad were like, you know, roughing each other up or something. And uh, we're like in the social hall, like after everything was over, we're cleaning up and we got to, you know, goofing off. And I started uh, acting like one of the bushwhackers and my dad had just gotten like a crew cut. And, I'm over there doing like this right here. and my dad started, my dad did something. I took his hat off and grabbed his head and started licking the top of his head. 
And my mom, dude, I thought my my mom, like all the blood ran out of her face. She turned so white. She was so embarrassed. Uh, uh, yeah, she really wanted to disown me. There's not, there's nothing better though. I will say, like as a child, and I I don't have children, and I I don't watch children, so keep me off of any lists that you have. Um, but, <laughs> but like as a kid, man, my probably some of my fondest memories were trampoline wrestling. Oh. Uh, just outstanding. I've been drop kicked off more trampolines. I got fisherman hook suplex through a through a tra- I threw it through a trampoline that had it was missing like six springs. I went through that hole. I hit I hit the bottom rail, man. It was like hardcore wrestling with a little bit of uh Genesse Qua for the uh yeah. the fisherman hook suplex. Shout out to my man Kurt Hill. All right. Well, let's let these people go because otherwise we I mean, we could go for another hour and we're uh, we're working on our longest show we, yet. We, we got to do a wrestling show. Yeah, we're going to do a wrestling show. We, right. It'd be nice if we could get somebody on, honestly. Um, if anybody uh, has we, connections. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we did we did see Ric Flair that time in The Blind Pig and talk to him a little bit. Um, we did. He wouldn't. He wouldn't pose for a photo with us. I did end up getting one later at, at Georgia, but he wouldn't pose one for us because he was in a bar and he said his publicist would kill him yeah. um, if he if he got another picture in a bar. But hey, listen, it's been Bark After Dark. It's a lot of fun. Thanks to Seth Emerson for coming on. We don't know what we're doing next week. We may do nothing. Who knows? Um, uh, you're along for the ride with us, and and you know we don't know what's going on either. So, uh, but we love you guys. Thank you so much for jumping in, and uh, we'll see you guys on Wednesday. Um, with the Georgia show um, where we have a little commitment news to talk about. Who knows? knows? See y'all later. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.